0: You only have until the end of June to get two months of premium access to the fastest growing training app in the world. The Motive app gives you a customized training plan no matter what race you have on your calendar. You can use code SMARTER2 when signing up at mymotive.com, but like I said, this offer is going soon, so take action now. On today's success story, Ainsley Dane Franklin overcoming seven stress fractures. Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast. The podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, smarter runner. If you're like me, running is life. But more often than not, injuries disrupt this lifestyle. And once you are injured, you're looking for answers and met with bad advice and conflicting messages circulating the running community. The world shouldn't be like this. You deserve to run injury free and have access to the right information. That's why I've made it my mission to bring clarity and control to every runner. Okay, you guys know the drill. Every second episode for uh, the next four to five weeks or so, I will be delivering a success story and Ainsley has quite the rap sheet. Um, I'm thankful enough that she reached out uh, when I posted on social media asking for these success stories and I hadn't encountered um, someone reach out with stress fractures and so Ainsley... Um provided me with her rap sheet. So in 2009, when she was 14 years old, she had an iliac stress fracture as well as a labrum tear, which is in your hip. Then two years later, had a right navicular stress fracture. A year after that, she uh, managed to get four stress fractures in both feet. So three stress fractures in her right ankle and one stress fracture in the second met of her left foot and then was going swimmingly for a couple of years until recently, 2020, when she had a right third met stress fracture. We delve into a lot today. We delve into uh, her training prior and what she did for management, what symptoms were like, um, whether there was any consistency um, between the symptoms of stress fractures compared to other injuries. Um, We talk about the mental and emotional impact stress fractures do have or running injuries do have on people, as well as touching base on red S, um, female, also known as the female triad, and a few warning signs associated with that and the importance, the importance of recognizing such a condition, especially for stress fractures. And I did mention it throughout the interview, but if you aren't aware of Red S and want to know more, I will include the links in the show notes to past episodes that I've done around this condition. And then we delve into like the training structure or some preventative tips that Ainsley was kind enough to provide. And yeah, it was a fantastic story. I hope you guys are still continuing to enjoy these success stories. Without further ado, here is Ainsley. I am excited to hear your story because I do see that the stress, the stress fracture condition is something that all runners dread because they know that they have to stop running once it happens. And it is, uh, from a physio perspective, a very tricky condition because it's hard to diagnose in the very early days. So I'm really excited to get you on to tell your story and share a bit, um, a bit of wisdom. So let's start off by just describing what... Uh, your running career is like how did it start and what type of running were you involved in
1: yeah sure so I started being interested in running at a very early age Um, when I was in elementary school my gym teacher actually had qualified for the 1980s Olympics in the mile uh, for track and field Um, his name is Randy Wilson Um, and he made me promise back then that I would do cross country when I got to seventh grade Uh, so I did and I was really bad at it when I started. (laughs) Um, but, uh, somehow something clicked as I stuck with it. Uh, so then once I got to high school, I went from the back of the pack, um, up to varsity within, you know, one season. And it was actually that first freshman season that I got my first injury, which was, uh, a fracture to my iliac crest on my pelvis and a torn labrum in my left hip. And uh, i it's funny to tell this story because everyone's like, oh, did you fall? Like, did you get hit? What happened? And uh, we were running the state qualifying meet and it was a cold fall day in the Midwest. And I uh, started my kick to finish because I could see you know, the flags at the finish line. My hip just tightened up so much, and all of a sudden I felt a big boom in my hip, and I looked around to see who shot me. <laughs> um, I stumbled, but I didn't fall down, and I, uh, thanks to adrenaline, I finished the race. And I thought that maybe I had dislocated it, and then a uh, arthrogram showed that, uh, you know, I had fractured it and torn the labrum. So I had a very big introductory to, to um, injuries, and then. My junior year was when, uh, I had my first stress fracture in my right ankle. Um, and like I was varsity cross country and track all four years of high school. And then, uh, ran my first year of college at a small college in Iowa. And then I decided that I uh, was tired of being hurt all the time. It wasn't fun anymore. So I gave, I I transferred schools and didn't run for about two years. And then when I moved to Chicagoland, I uh, just picked up running again and just kind of on my own, decided that I wanted to see if I could run a half marathon, which I never thought I could do because I was so injury prone. And I managed to do that and not fall apart. Great. So then then I uh, got talked into signing up for the Chicago marathon that year. And I ran with a charity and again, finished it, didn't fall apart. And then, um, took me a couple of years to want to get back to it, but eventually I did more halves, another full marathon, knocked an hour off my time. And, uh, so now I'm signed up for the Kansas city marathon in the fall and, uh, doing halves along the way.
0: Fantastic. And so it was, at the time of the first fracture, the iliac crest, you were around 14 years old, something like that?
1: Yep, yep, I was.
0: And the corresponding stress fractures, um, like a couple of years later after that, so we're looking around 16, 17. And throughout that time, what was was the extensive time off running while you are having to manage those injuries?
1: uh for the hip there was a lot of time off um i was on crutches i probably the standard you know six to eight weeks wasn't fun beyond crutches in the winter (laughs) around here um but i didn't i don't think there was any way to brace it like brace my hip at the time I, i know you know things have come out now that allow you to brace a broken hip but I didn't get that. So I just had to hobble around and hold up my own hip. Okay. And then uh, I did a lot of physical therapy through the winter, I biked a lot to start off track. Um, that's pretty much it.
0: Okay. I'm curious to know because in the world of health professionals with stress fractures, Research has shown that stress fractures are diagnosed quite late in the management because it's often misdiagnosed and they manage something. And it's not until it until it's not getting better, in fact, it's getting worse that they start to do the proper investigations and identify the stress fracture. And by that time, it's um it's quite irritated, quite um like it's quite severe and very hard to manage at that stage. I hear, I haven't had a stress fracture before, but I hear different um, symptoms, different like early kind of signs that it might be a stress fracture. One of them being, it feels like a a vice kind of tightening sort of pain. Um, Others say it's more like night pain that triggers it. I'm curious for you to know, having like several stress fractures, has it been a common symptom for you based on, I I guess it would depend based on the area that you're experiencing it, but the the quality or the nature of symptoms, are there is there any consistency there?
1: Yes, there has been a lot of consistency because I've always all my stress fractures have been in my feet slash ankle area. Um so I wish I would have known the signs and symptoms of stress fractures and like stress related injuries a lot sooner. And I wish mm-hmm. someone would have told me sooner because has been pretty easy for me to identify now. Um, but it would, It I describe it as like my foot kind of like lights up, you know, um, you get that sharp shooting pain when you step off of something just right. Um, and the problem that I had was, it felt fine once I got going. So like it would hurt a lot when I first would start running, but then once the blood got pumping and it got warmed up and stuff, the pain would kind of subside or be more manageable. Uh, so of course that in my mind, I think, oh, like I can keep running on this. It's It doesn't hurt when I run. Um, but with this most recent one, I was able to catch it almost immediately because of the location. It was in my, my right metatarsal. Mm-hmm there's not anything, there's no like tendons or anything that can like insert there. So I knew it wasn't tendonitis. Um, So in the middle of my foot, and then I, you know, poked on it because I knew point tenderness was a symptom. And that hurt. (laughs) And there was a little bump, and I was like, oh, that's not a good sign. So I was also very fortunate that I started working as a physical therapy tech at the exact same time. So I was able to get it looked at right away and get into a doctor right away. And so it was a much easier recovery this time.
0: Okay, so you'd say that's simple. Just stepping away for a brief moment to explain how the Motive app can help achieve your best running results. It's obvious that in order to perform at your best, you need a tailored plan designed by the best coaches in the world to perfectly match your upcoming races, your fitness level, and your precise goals. Well, the Motive app does exactly that. I've been getting some great feedback from you run Smarter Scholars who've taken up this offer. So if you haven't done so already, you can use code SMARTER2 and get two months of premium access. But this offer won't last forever. So give it a try today by signing up at mymotive.com. Terms are a little bit sharper in nature, and especially if you were to put weight on it, especially if you were to kind of put weight on that area, like, Kind of direct your body weight into a specific part of the foot that would, like you'd say, light up. And so the light up would be, not necessarily this achiness or dull sensation. It was more of a sharp consistency. And then Correct. you did yeah. notice there was a bit of that warm up effect once you were up and moving, that the the sharpness would dull and actually symptoms would subside, and you sort of give yourself or interpret. That um, you have permission, or maybe running is good for it because it would have that warm up effect. Is that right?
1: Correct. And another thing that made it hard to diagnose or like figure out that it was a stress fracture and not tendonitis because I had had both of those things. So I had a stress fracture my junior year of high school, and then I was having the same symptoms. And like later that year, so I went back to the doctor and they said that it was just tendonitis. Uh, So then when those symptoms popped up again, my senior year, I was like, oh, this is just tendonitis. I can keep running. And then that's when I, after, you know, the season was done, I went to the doctor and found out that I had four bilateral stress fractures between my two feet.
0: Yeah. Wow. And people who have listened to other episodes of this podcast, particularly around the tendons, they know that the tendons also have a warm up effect as well. And so it can almost... Um, you can almost think if you've had a tendonitis um, in the past that, and it does have that warm-up effect, or maybe it's just one of these. But like you said, the location of that um, that metatarsal, there's not a lot of tendons there that would really flare things up. And I'm curious. I think based on what I've read around stress fractures, it's it's all based on a spectrum. We can have this like bony stress at like the very beginning of the spectrum where it's not necessarily a stress fracture, um, might not necessarily be an injury. It's just bony overload. And that just progresses into something that's more severe, more severe, more severe, and then it becomes a stress fracture and even worse, a complete fracture. And on that spectrum, I think it's more closer to the earlier signs of the pathology where it does have that warm up effect. And if you continue to progress where it's quite severe and you continue to try and run on it, that warm up effect just isn't there. If anything, it just gets worse the more you're on it. Have you experienced that at all?
1: Yep, yep. Uh, actually, with my bilateral stress fractures, uh, once the weather cooled down a lot, we were getting towards the end of the season and. It was like, you know, that tournament time where you had like conference state qualifying state. And I was just trying to power through to get through my last state meet. And I felt it very often. It was a pain that wasn't going away. I was running on the side of my foot to try to get through runs. Um, And so that was the point that I finally was like, this isn't just tendonitis, mm-hmm. but yeah. I just got to get through the next week.
0: Yeah. And the foot itself is just a very, well, the most common spot for stress fractures for runners. Um, so, and if you're experiencing those symptoms and it's in the foot, it's, it's probably best to get it checked out. If like, if you go to a health professional and they're starting to do some management and think, Oh, maybe, um, not too sure what it would be. If there is a stage where it's like weeks or months and you're just not responding to any um, conservative management, you haven't got scans yet, it might be a, a safe bet just to, for a bit of peace of mind, or just to rule out a stress fracture or identify a potential stress fracture. Um, okay, so what would, I guess, um, the stress fracture that you had last year, you said you picked it up really quickly. You manage. You've recognized the signs. You say, "Oh, maybe," and then you're blessed enough to be working with um, what was it the um, PT tech company or something?
1: Yep. So I work as a full-time physical therapy tech for okay. a physical therapy clinic.
0: Yep. So you've had the luxury of getting it scanned straight away. And what was was management any different compared to your previous stress fractures?
1: It was a lot quicker. Um, this time I was in a boot for five weeks and it wasn't like the normal, like ankle boot that goes like halfway up your ankle. It was just like a walking post-surgical boot. And I, um, it's interesting because I was on my feet a lot more this time because we were, you know, finishing, um, my in-laws basement and I was working as a PT tech. So, you know, that's a very on your feet kind of job. And then I started fit, therapy right after that you know right at work um and it was just like probably like a month of like twice a week or so and um when I went back to running after that I did like a walk run kind of program for a few weeks to ease back into it and actually felt better coming back to running then than I did before the injury happened
0: okay in in what way like you felt more fresh or you felt more fit
1: uh, kind of both, I guess. Um, I've never done the walk run thing, um, returning to running before and I did it at the recommendation of, um, my coworker and physical therapist. Um, but yeah, like you're able to run a little harder during those intervals because you know that a walk is coming up. Um, you're able to recover a little better. Um, and because of the exercises that I had done during therapy, like I felt stronger. So yeah, just overall felt stronger, better, fresher um, than I had before.
0: Yeah, great. And your decision to start that walk-run program. So you said you spent about five weeks in the boot. Um, mm-hmm. Was it just based on the time frame, like oh, you should be better in five to six weeks, or did they rescan? the foot at the five, six week mark showed there was enough healing. Was there a bit of a process there?
1: Yeah, I think originally I was supposed to be in a boot for like three weeks and then they did another scan. They could still kind of see the stress fracture. So I had another two weeks in the boot. And by that point it was completely healed. I mean, there's that like little calcification that happens when you have a, a fracture of any kind. Um, but yeah, I had no pain all of a sudden. So like at the three week mark, I still had pain when it would be pressed on, but then two weeks later there was nothing and I was so surprised.
0: Good. That's great. You took the extra two weeks then.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And then with the return to run program, were you following like a, a structure of how to progress and were you monitoring symptoms and making the decision based on symptoms?
1: Um, I it's not like i didn't follow any one certain program you know like hal higdon or jeff galloway or whatever um it was just something that like my therapist had you know ex- suggested to other patients before um so like i did a week of like just the walk run intervals and then the next week for like my long run quote unquote um i did like a 10 or 15 minute continuous run And then during the week, I would still do like the walk run intervals and make the running part a little bit longer and then make my long run intervals, the continuous ones a little bit longer each week until I got up to like 30 minutes. And by that point, my therapist was like, yeah, if you can run for 30 minutes, you're fine.
0: Yep. And with that um, program itself, was there any soreness? Was there any stiffness? Was there any symptoms as you were starting to return to running?
1: This time I don't remember there being, um, which is interesting because this time with you know COVID happening and everything, I wasn't able to bike as cross training like I had been in the past, um, and it still was a really easy recovery.
0: Yeah, that cross training was going to be one of the questions I was going to ask. I guess back in you know 2011 2012 when you had like several stress fractures at once in the feet. Were you managing to stay fit? Were you managing to have an alternative to exercise?
1: Um, With the first stress fracture when it was just one of them, the doctor that I got a second opinion from actually said that because it was in the navicular bone, it was in a spot that was hard to fracture in the first place. Um, So it wasn't going to get worse if I kept running on it. So I was able to continue my season and actually had the best season I did of all of high school. Um, which didn't help later on because then I just thought, oh, this is just the same thing. I can keep running. Um, so then the, once I had like four stress fractures at the same time, the doctor was like, you're not allowed to do anything. I'm not allowing you to bike. You can't swim. Like, I know you're going to push it too hard. So you just have to rest. Mm-hmm. How
0: did but, that, uh, how did you take that mentally? Was there, um, was there, was it hard to, to swallow?
1: It was very hard to swallow. Um, I I already kind of struggle with depression a little bit anyways. So like adding in, you know, like the winter blues, the post season and, you know, not being able to run or bike or anything and taking all of exercise away definitely took its toll on me, you know, in between when I was recovering from those.
0: Yeah. Cause you would have been around 16, 17 at that stage. Yep. Okay. And <clears throat> Could you, did you just have to wait it out while you were down and, um, you know, experiencing those blues and you just waited to see the other side once you could take, um, once you could start introducing exercise, or did you find something that was helpful?
1: Oh, I don't remember if I, I don't think there was anything else I could do. I was also on the dance team in high school. So I like still was able to go and watch practice and, um, do that kind of stuff, but yeah, no, I was pretty stuck. Um, I was also interning, like doing like a high school internship at the physical therapy clinic across the street. Um, so I think that probably helped me have something to do because um, it was a field that I was interested in, and I was learning a lot about different injuries and stuff. Um, but yeah, as far as like another outlet, I didn't really. Have anything, I just like you said, kind of had to wait it out.
0: Yeah, and was the emotional state any different once you got back into running, really enjoying it, and then bang, you had another stress fracture of the foot? Was there any of that emotional state rushing back, or did you manage to handle it a bit differently
1: with this most recent one?
0: Yeah,
1: um, yeah, I definitely handled this one a lot better. because I had been through it, I knew I would be able to recover. And I going into it, I think mentally, I just knew that I had to be a good patient and I had to follow the rules and actually rest and not push it. And I knew that I'd, you know, be okay at the end of it. And I didn't have anything pressing um, that I wanted needed to get back to. So that definitely helps too.
0: Okay. Good to know. And did you manage to cross train during this most recent stress fracture with like, um, cycling?
1: No, actually. Well, because COVID just makes everything more interesting this year, but yeah, I wasn't really (laughs) able to get back, get into the gym and cycle or anything, but because of my job and being on my feet a lot, that kind of acted as a cross training in a way.
0: Yeah. It's still some loading, which, um, is kind of like healing in a way i'm curious to know this most recent stress fracture could you identify any uh spike in load or identify any factors that would have led to this recent stress fracture because you had several years of um being totally fine without anything coming up but yeah anything that you could identify
1: yes i
0: <laughs> with a sigh yes yes
1: <laughs> Yes. Um, I was trying to do a running streak. Um, I was working for an organization or a running organization and we were doing like a, an office challenge. And so I made it like 60 plus days of non of like running at least a mile every day. And then the stress fracture hit, but I would have won.
0: Okay. Right. (laughs) So the, the competition, um, the motivation of competition mixed with a, um, yeah, those daily streaks probably wasn't the best option. But um, yeah, if you um, if you were to look back on the decisions that you've made, actually, what, before we delve into that, looking at your history, and I know we were talking on Facebook before this interview as well, and um, I was starting to learn about your history. It just occurred to me, like, I've, here's a runner who's had years and years of stress fractures that stress fractures aren't really that common unless... You really like overtrain, you grind yourself into the ground, or there's some history of say like eating disorder or underweight or um, something to do with what they call red S this like um, energy deficiency syndrome, which I have a a podcast episode on if anyone wants to listen to that. Um, You did mention that throughout your teenage years and throughout running through high school, there might've been some um habits or some like pressures or some uh internal like I guess emotional state when it came to eating and performing did you want to share your experiences around that
1: uh sure yeah um I wasn't I was never diagnosed with like an eating disorder but I definitely had patterns of disordered eating um I would freak I after like probably like yeah around 14 um I stopped eating breakfast as teenagers, you know, tend to do, um, and I would frequently skip lunch, you know, dinner would be my only meal. And I'm, I was always a two sport at the same time, kind of athlete with cross country track and dance, um, and cross country or like running in general and dance are two sports where you definitely feel more pressure to look a certain way. Like in order to run fast, you have to be super thin, super lean. You know, the fastest girls are always like, you know, super thin and fit. And, you know, with dance, there's, you know, you have to look good in your costumes and all the, all all dancers and like ballerinas and stuff, they're always so thin and muscular. Um, So yeah, that definitely played a part and um, I wish that anyone around me would have known about like what you said, like red S and like the female triad and stuff, because everything that was going on was a giant red flag. Like I wish you would have asked me if I had eaten lunch that day instead of, are you drinking enough milk? Do you have enough calcium? Mm,
0: Yeah. And for those who are unaware, if I could explain it any way, we're looking at energy going into energy going out. And the only energy you're taking in is nutrition and food. And the body uses that as energy to replace or heal the body. And if that equation doesn't balance out, if you're playing several sports, if you're um, working really hard and not eating, the body needs to get the energy from somewhere. And so what happens is the body will prioritise performance and output and will extract, you could almost say extract like energy from bone minerals or um, sometimes organ function. And it just starts to prioritize exercise as much as you can and, and pretty much like disregards all other functions. And so that's when like in, like you said, 14 years old, when someone's really developing and building up bone mineral density and building up all this foundation to grow for the rest of your life, that's like hindering that whole growth process can really start to have ramifications moving forward and even into later years. And so, yeah, it's just a bit of a hindrance with the the development process. So if no one if anyone, um, I might include the links to the episode around Red S in this episode. It will explain it a lot better than my just two-minute example. But um, yeah, if someone is uh, not too familiar, go to that episode and have a listen because we're now looking at, um, so like for your example, someone who's exercised, exercised, exercised and perhaps under eight and now as a several stress fractures along the way tends to fit the pattern doesn't it
1: uh, yeah it would have i'm frustrated that it, even my like doctor never that didn't occur to them they put me on like vitamin d supplements or asked if i was drinking enough milk instead of yeah like asking if like i had a good enough diet or referring me to a, refer, or a registered dietitian like that would have saved me a lot of heartache and (laughs) footache
0: yeah exactly
1: i like i learned about it pretty quick once i got to college and majored in exercise science and kinesiology so like if i know about it i feel like it can't be too hard for someone else to know about it
0: did things start clicking into place once you did the research yourself and learn about the links between stress fractures and red s did there was there like a sudden realization there or did you already kind of know it?
1: No, I had no idea about like Red S or the female triad or anything like that. Um, it was, I was literally sitting in class and we learned about the female triad and a light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, wait, what? Mm. That's me to a T. Like, why has no one ever told me this before?
0: Yeah, it's um, like you said, very frustrating and something that can be very easily like you said, all you needed was the right help at the right time and everything would have been totally fine. And it's not like the intervention or just asking the questions um, would be particularly hard to do. It seems like a very easy solution, but seems like it's a, a situation that people just didn't pick up on back then. And hopefully I'm not around track athletes or um, high school coaching these days, but, or at all, but hopefully that's more in the consciousness of coaches and athletes alike. So um, yeah, hopefully things are better than it was say, you know, um, 10, 15 years ago, knowing what you know now and still enjoying your running and um, not wanting to get another stress fracture. (laughs) Have you implemented anything Or are you conscious of anything within your training to try and keep this injury at bay or help prevent future injuries?
1: Yes, rest. Yes. The love of God, rest and recovery. (laughs) Um, It's so easy to think the more I do, the better I'll be, but it's actually the opposite at a certain point. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing is staying on top of the mileage on my shoes. Um, That's a big one that I think we just get you know, we get going in our routines and we forget like, Hey, I've actually had these shoes for like a year and a half. I should probably switch them out. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the rest and recovery is the biggest underlying thing across all of my, um, stress related injuries. Cause you know, in high school, the athlete doesn't have control over their rest days. It's dictated by the coach's plan. Um, and even though cross country is usually the shortest season, um, you're still running five or six days a week on top of school and homework and not sleeping. Um, and then this most recent time, like I was doing a running streak, so I wasn't resting you know, for a 24 hours between runs or whatever. Um, so I, that light bulb finally went off again, <laughs> where with me, since I was able to run like five half marathons and two full marathons and not get hurt. Um, that light bulb finally went off. Like, Hey, recovery is the common denominator here that I need to watch out for.
0: Yeah. So when so, you were training for those half marathons and marathons, you weren't doing too much daily streaks. It, it consisted of the uh, recovery.
1: No, actually I finally figured out that lower mileage works a lot better for my body.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I and I was able to, you know, cut off 55 minutes between my first and second marathon um, while doing only like three or four days a week of running. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you talking about this because I just finished throughout December doing a whole theme on recovery and uh, had a lot of uh, guests on to talk about the benefits of recovery and particularly having days off and sleep and knowing that those benefits almost, um, the similar um, topic, the similar advice kept popping up that you don't get stronger and you don't get faster during your workouts. You get stronger and faster when you're resting after those workouts. And if you don't have that rest, then you don't get stronger. Um, so it's a, it's a very nice pattern that's and a very nice um, way to kind of tie up all of this with some preventative advice, I guess you could say. Um, so I'm glad that, what the experts are saying and kind of the realization that you have made has been a very consistent thing. Um, do you, as well as having rest days, um, do you focus on getting good quality sleep? Is that something that you, um, pay much attention to?
1: Yep. I, um, I, (laughs) I like to say that I'm a chronically sleepy person. Okay. My husband (laughs) makes fun of me all the time for how much I need to sleep and how I could fall asleep so early every day. But I do try to get at least like seven to eight hours of sleep a night. Doesn't always happen, but I do try. Um, And it helps being out of college and out of school and not having, you know, that late night homework and projects and stuff to get done. Um, Having, you know, that's like a full-time job makes it a lot easier to prioritize sleep.
0: Yeah. And just get into a, a nice routine. Yes. Very good. As we are wrapping up, uh, has, is there any advice or any um, anything, any other takeaways that you want someone to to learn, get across? But maybe someone who has had stress fractures in the past or is dealing with a stress fracture now. I know we covered so much content today, but is there anything that we might have skipped or anything that you want to relay?
1: I would just like really hammer home, like make sure you're getting enough recovery between your runs, um, and having good nutrition in between. Um, I like to tell people now, like you need to fuel for your activity. So, um, like when I'm, you know, marathon training, what I eat before a long run is going to be a little different than what I eat, you know, on a rest day or whatever, but you just need to think about how what you're putting in your body is going to affect you while and after you're running Um, and stay on top of the mileage on your shoes. Okay. Um,
0: Nice tip. And similar to what we were talking about before with red S when it's that equation of input output, um, exactly what you're saying, making sure your body has enough nutrients so that the, the, the equation balances out what you're putting into your body is what's going out. So how much exercise you're doing, you kind of need to um, work backwards and build that into your nutrition. So really nice takeaways. Ainsley, thank you very much for coming on and sharing a story. I, like I said, at the start, stress fractures can be like people dread stress fractures the most when it comes to running related injuries. And it is often an injury that is identified way too late in the management um, and it can be extremely frustrating for runners dealing with stress fractures. So I think these success stories can um people can take a lot away from it and have a lot of benefit. Uh so thanks for coming on and sharing your story.
1: Thank you for inviting me
0: on. Thanks once again for listening. To take full advantage of the knowledge you are building, you need to download the Run Smarter app. This contains all of my free access podcast episodes, written blogs and eBooks, along with my paid video courses, all neatly housed into categories for you to easily navigate through and find content you're interested in. Also, be sure to check out the show notes for links to the podcast Facebook group and links to learn more about becoming a podcast patron. who contribute five Aussie dollars per month to get Inner Circle VIP access, including an invitation into the exclusive patron Facebook group and a complete back catalogue of patron only podcast episodes, which you can access within the app. Also on the app, you can even find a link that takes you to my online physio clinic where I assess and treat runners from all over the world so I can be on standby if you ever need one-on-one physiotherapy assistance. Once again, thank you for listening and becoming a Run Smarter Scholar. And remember, knowledge
1: is power.